How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. The premier baseball show in Chicago, Hit and Run, with special guest host Chris Ranji. Sunday mornings from 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score. This one driven to right and deep. Roberts retreats. Roberts leaps. Bellinger jogs. Solo home run, Cody Bellinger. Horner swings, no difficulty finding this. Deep to left, way back, and gone. Cubs on the board. Nico Horner with his first home run of the spring. 2-2 to Outman. He got him swinging. That's right back to Kopech. He will underhand it to first. It might be by design. Mention why. Call strike three. Fastball 94. Got him. See if Caduceus on the move. He's not. The pitch. Got him looking. 2-2 coming and a high fly out into deep right field. Way back there and it is gone. That's a leadoff home run. Benintendi with his first this spring as a White Sox. It's 1-1. One Good morning, friends. Welcome in. It is Hit and Run. My name is not Matt Spiegel. It's Chris Ranji. I'm in. Hello. Uh, it's good to hear from you. And uh, I'm glad you're with me for the next three hours until noon. We've got Hit and Run this morning on Sports Radio 670. The score. It is good to be talking with you again. It's been a while. I've missed you. Holy mackerel. It's uh, It's just you and me together. Like I said, until 12 o'clock today, there is Cubs baseball today. Uh, we'll have it right here on the score. Uh, the broadcast gets started at 2.55. They will play the Padres today. So that is coming up on the score later today. In the meantime, it is you and it is me. Uh, if you want to talk to me, I'd love to hear from you. 312-644-6767. Again, 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter, and you could tweet, yell at me, uh, at Chris Ranji, if you would like to do it that way. We've got a pretty good show today, uh, today for you, at least I hope we do. Megan Montemuro, who covers the Cubs for the Chicago Tribune, is going to be us. Lamond Pope does the same thing, except his team is the White Sox. He works for the Trib. He will be joining us. Uh, ESPN baseball insider Kylie McDaniel is going to visit the show, and we'll talk 
uh, Cubs and White Sox prospects, mainly with Kylie. And Eric Hosmer is going to be with us in the 11 o'clock hour today. Also, um, we're going to talk to Mike Farron with MLB Network Radio. Mike has been covering the World Baseball Classic. And I, I got to tell you, I, I think I'm being turned. I, I think the World Baseball Classic is converting me. And the reason I say this is because I have, I don't want to say I've been anti-World Baseball Classic. I just haven't been all that interested in it. But something happened last night. And you being a baseball fan, I, I know you've probably at least paid a little bit of attention. But it's tournament time. The NCAA tournament is going on. For me, it is the premier sporting event of the entire year, especially the first weekend. I love the first weekend of the tournament. I know I'm basic. A lot of other people feel the same way about the tournament. I'm That's how I feel. And you have a very difficult time getting me to turn off games to watch something else. But I did it last night. I did it last night because I'm following along on Twitter, what's happening, um, United States takes the lead, they lose the lead, they get it back, the Grand Slam happens, Trey Turner with what is one of the more exciting baseball moments you will ever see. And I, I don't know what it is about the tournament except for it's relatively new. And we're talking about, what, 16, 17-ish years, something like that has been going on, Right. I've always had a very difficult time getting into it, and it's an extremely selfish reason. And that reason is I only really cared about the MLB season. All I ever cared about was what happens with the Sox, what happens with the Cubs. That's the thing that I was concerned about. And to me, it always felt like the WBC was just sort of in the way. Like there's, you know, it, it is a fun event, and these players very obviously care about being in it. And and I think that's what's changing it for me. Because it's hard for me to not get excited about a thing that the players themselves are excited about. And when I watch the U.S. and after Turner's Grand Slam last night, I watch them all pouring out of the dugout to greet him on the field. That's confirmation. Yet another confirmation that those guys really care about it. And if they care about it, how could I not care about it? But the way I always felt about it going into it was, I don't want this to get in the way of my team getting ready for the regular baseball season. Because the only thing I care about was Major League Baseball and what happens in that year. And I don't want my guys getting hurt. I don't want them out there um, overextending themselves too early because they're not quite ready to play. You know, and it's, it's such a silly notion when I think back on it. Because these guys are getting ready for baseball all year long. This is not the way it used to be. This is not the 1940s. Baseball players are staying in shape all year. They're not... They're not slacking off or doing a different job in the offseason. They are staying in game shape pretty much all season long. All offseason long. And they're getting ready for the regular season. It ain't like it used to be. This is their profession, and they spend every day being ready for the following season. They might take a week or two off at the end of the year, but 
Think about all the stories you hear of players showing up to camp a month and a half before they need to be uh, there. They're just getting ready, getting ready for the regular season because they've spent November and December and January staying in shape. So they should be good to go for the World Baseball Classic. And really, spring training is mostly for pitchers more so than anything else, just to get their arm and workload uh, ready to go for the regular season, right? So I think I've been wrong about the World Baseball Classic. I, I, and it's not just last night's game, though that is part of it. It's a big part of it. It's watching those players care. And it's not just the Venezuelan players or the Cuban players, the Latin American players, the Japanese players. It's not just them. Very clearly, the U.S. players care about it, too. Did you see that scene last night on the field after the Turner slam? That's a group of dudes that is really into what they're doing in the moment. And I got to tell you, I, I think I'm converted. I think. 312-644-6767. Let's get to a phone call. Let's talk to Ron on the south side. Oh, it's an old friend. Hi, Ron. What's going on? Ranger Roger. <laughs> How you doing, my man? Man, <laughs> I'm doing great. You. Oh, likewise. That's what I told Sean. I said, oh, I spent many days talking to, to Ranger. To a couple of things. And I agree with your sentiment. Uh, yesterday, I really... Got into, but you, you know, this here it is with me though, Chris, is that I am just so ready for the season, in particular because you know, as a shock said, how the season ended last year, you know, with all of the questions. The question. Now, uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, I'm not looking at um, the numbers of the performance by Makata and Anderson, but they appear to be healthy. Uh, Eloy, healthy. So, um, I'm I'm really you know psyched about that. So, but again, so many questions. You know, a new manager, just hopefully a different outlook. So, I, I I look, I am ready to get it started. But I want to ask you a question. The manager said that he believes the White Sox strength could be um, their pitching. So I want to you know ask you about that, and I think it could be the the. Top three pitchers all have received Cy Young votes in the past, but a critical pitcher, uh, and I was listening to the game yesterday, is um, Michael Kopech. Yeah, we just know we, we we saw those moments almost of brilliance last year. You know, but you probably give a clumsy in a number five, but. Uh, maybe you can comment on that, and maybe um, if, if you have Pokemon, maybe that'll be a good question. Cause, uh, and that's with any team, and, and they don't have the, a lot of depth in it. But the, here again, that's for most uh, major league teams. It's hard to have a lot of depth in starting pitching. But I think if Michael Kopech can be the pitcher that we've been expecting from him, take that next move like Cease did, he can have a pretty good pitching staff. Ron, I, I appreciate the phone call. Um, yeah, it, look, it, they're top three. If Cease, and, and again, there are a lot of ifs here. If Cease and Lynn and Giolito are kind of what you expect from them, that's a really strong one, two, three. 
And and I consider Lynn to be the anchor of that rotation just because of the experience and um, you know there's a I think there's a particular attitude that that kind of gets everybody else on the same page if that makes sense. I, I think a lot of guys follow his lead just because there's a he's almost like a safety blanket in a way. He's such a competitor, and I know that that is nonsense to a lot of people because you want to see raw numbers, you want to see... But I think it matters. I, I think attitude can matter, and I think he fires up his guys. Now, does that mean that it's going to translate into everybody else being good? No, but there's a comfort in having somebody like that in your rotation. So so for me, Lynn is really the anchor of that rotation, and Cease and Giolito are just supremely talented. Now... Kopech, and I totally agree with you, Ron, that's the wild card. If if Kopech stays healthy and he can maintain as a starter, I mean, that's a strong, strong rotation. But again, we're talking about a lot of ifs here. If this happens, if that happens, if these guys stay healthy, if, if, if. Well, if all the ifs come up in your favor, they're going to have a pretty solid rotation. And I think the other thing they have going for them is being in the American League Central. It's still really not that strong of a division. But again, remember this year is going to be the year where the schedule's more balanced. You're not going to play quite as many games against your own division as you used to, so that will have some effect. I don't think it's going to have a massive effect, but as far as winning in the division, I think it's a good thing they're in that one and not in another. In Frankfurt, Illinois, Mark is with us on the score. What's up, Mark? Hey, how you doing, Chris? First, first time listener. Hey, good how to have you. you. Hey, I just want to tell you what a great way to start the show. Where the, the World Baseball Classic last night was. It's just what the country needed. It's just what baseball fans needed. And for him to hit that home run 0-2 get a green light, that was uh, that was special for all of us baseball players and baseball officers. Well, let me ask you this, Mark. Were you into it before? What, what were your feelings on the event going into uh, to, to, to this season? To be honest, Chris, I, I felt like I was standing in your shoes because I felt exactly how you felt. And uh, the tournament and the momentum with that, it's always hard to kind of get away from that energy, really, because I, I just never realized how much energy was there uh, on, the, on the World Baseball Classic side. And last night was just a great experience. And, I'm just grateful that I didn't miss it, to be quite honest with you, sir. Yeah, Mark, I appreciate the phone call. That's exactly how I felt. See, we can, as Americans, I think that we can be a little self-centric. But, you know, you could probably say that about a lot of other countries, too. But when it comes to baseball, because we all grew up in it, and this is a defense of us as a country and how we see Major League Baseball— that is the oldest sport for us. It's the one that we have been paying attention to our entire lives. It's not the most popular sport in the country anymore. The NFL clearly is. National Football League dominates everything, and that's not even questionable. <laughs> the, the television ratings will tell you that. Of the top 100 television programs every year, 70 to 80 of them are NFL games. So... That tells you right there how popular that sport is. But for anybody who's been invested in baseball their entire lives, it's been 
your team that you're invested in. You're invested in the White Sox. You're invested in the Cubs. It, if you're a transplant from somewhere else, from Minnesota, you're a, you're invested in the Twins or you're invested in the Brewers or whatever. This World Baseball Classic has only really happened a handful of times. Like, truthfully, it's only really been played a few times. And what we have grown up with is the teams that we have cheered for. So this, for me, and I think I speak for a lot of people when I say this, this just felt like an event that got in the way of spring training and got in the way of guys getting ready with their teams and, um, you know, making it more difficult for the coaching staffs of those teams to evaluate players, right? That's the way I looked at it. And I think to an extent there is truth to that, but it's very difficult to deny how exciting it is for the individual players. And and it is not, and I think this is a very important point, and I made it earlier, but I think it matters. I used to look at the Classic as a thing where the Latin American teams, Japan, Korea, these other teams that are that are involved in it are trying to prove that, hey, we are as good of a baseball country as America is, and here's our opportunity to prove it on the field. This is this is us showing the rest of the world that we are as good at baseball as you are. And I did think for a long time that's how everybody else saw it and that U.S. players were like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll play, and it's an honor to be named and invited, whatever, but I, I'm, I've got a contract with this team that I play for in Chicago, and that's what I care about. That's what I care about the most. But it, it's very clear watching <laughs> those guys are into it. And, and if they're into it, how could I not be into it? 312-644-6767 is the phone number. You are listening to Hit and Run on the Score. Speaks is out. I'm Chris Ranji with you until 12 o'clock today. You're listening to The Score. We're back with more Hit and Run with host... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Chris Ranji on the score. Hayden Wesneski goes to work. He's pitched so very well so far this spring. Swing and a miss strike three. Swing and a miss strike three. Wesneski got Rojas to chase a pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. Speaking of swinging, Muncie fans, that's 11 in a row set down by Wesneski. And now the one-two, just inside. Check swing, did he go? Yes, he did. It's another strikeout for Wesneski, who strikes out the side. What stands out to me is he does know a lot about how he wants to go about his business, whether it's in the weight room, his bullpens, uh, or competing. And so uh, just a very much veteran-type presence to how he goes about his business and what he wants to do. It's nice to have a 25-year-old veteran 
or a guy who acts like one. I'm Chris Ranji on The Score. It is Hit and Run. Happy to have you with me today. We go to the guest line this morning. Um, The Score Hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Megan Matamuro covers the Cubs for the Chicago Tribune. You can follow her on Twitter at M underscore Montemuro, and she visits with us on Hit and Run this morning. What's going on, Megan? Hey, I'm good. How about you? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, uh, how is it in Arizona? I mean, I can't really complain about the weather, so. Okay. <laughs> All right, then then don't. Um, <laughs> nobody wants to hear it. All right, so, so um, you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, uh, Hayden Wisniewski here, who has been pitching really well and has, for a lot of people, pitched himself into the rotation in that fifth spot. But we did see Adrian Sampson pitch well yesterday. Is there really a battle here, or is this pretty much decided, do you think? I mean, they certainly aren't going to make any decisions on that quite yet. I mean, you still have, you know, about, what, a week and a half um, until camp breaks, and, you know, you never know if any injuries happen or anything like that. But I mean, when you look at the entire body of work from the spring, you know, Wesneski has just been so impressive between, you know, his, his general command, the swing and miss he's gotten, um, you know, his, his last outing, you know, he, he struggled a little bit, or at least he had a, a, a couple pitches where he got burned on. But, I mean, I think when you just look at what he's done um, and the, the swing and miss element, I mean, when you look at that rotation as a whole, I mean, it's so big that he brings – um, and so I think he's really established him, himself well to, to get that last spot in the rotation. And it'll be really interesting then to see kind of the ripple effects of that of, you know, what do they do with Adrian Sampson, who does have minor league options? What do they do with Javier Assad, who looked great um, in, in his outings before going to the WBC? And then he's been, he was electric, you know, for Team Mexico. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they handle, you know, the two guys that aren't in the rotation, but I mean, from what we've seen, you know, he has a chance to be a really impactful starter for them. Yeah. Wisniewski was perfect. I shouldn't say perfect. He was scoreless for about just under nine innings of work going into the outing the other day. And he gave up four then does a one start like that. And again, you can't really take a lot from eight and two-thirds innings of work. It's just not a huge sample. So when he has that one blow-up game, how much do you think they're really paying attention to that one? I think they're paying attention in the sense of how does he respond to it. You know, David Ross was asked about it, um, you know, because it really is the only blemish he's had this spring. And, and he said he actually is, is kind of glad that um, it happened because, you know, it, it gives a guy, you know, like Wesneski, a chance to face some some spring adversity and see how he responds, um, you know. And they and they liked how he he battled back in the inning. He didn't he didn't let everything completely spiral out of control. And and now from here they want to see okay how does he adjust and how does he approach this next outing for him. Um, so I don't think they're going to necessarily overreact. And and really I mean honestly as it's talked about a lot like you know spring stats it's really hard to put much stock in that. Um, so they really are going to look and see how, how his stuff looks um, and, and really just, yeah, how, how does he come back and respond to things not going as perfectly as they did in his other outings? 
Megan Montemoro covers the Cubs for the Chicago Tribune with us here on 670 The Score. And also looking at um, the rest of the rotation, I, I think the one big question mark for everybody is when is Kyle Hendricks going to be ready? And they've been really careful with him um, up until this point. He hasn't pitched. Well, I think he just started throwing, what, about three weeks ago? So they've been very, very careful with him. I've seen... Uh, estimations it could be may before he returns what are you hearing yeah so when he first started throwing his bullpens he estimated that he would need about 10 of those um before he would move on to live uh batting practice and so he was on a monday friday bullpen schedule so you kind of do the math on that and then live vp and then you know you, you start um you know, by the time he gets to the game action, it'll be either extended spring um, down in Arizona or he would go to an affiliate. So, I mean, I think you're looking at maybe a late April, early May return um, if things keep trending well. It's just going to be interesting to see, you know, what is, what, you know, he, he hasn't pitched in a game since July. And so what is that build-up process going to be once he gets into game action, you know, what's going to be the comfort level when you have a veteran versus a younger guy and how much, you know, game work they want. Um, so, I mean, it, it'll be a couple weeks. Um, and so, you know, I think they're going into that knowing that um, and, and nobody wants any setbacks because, you know, in this case, setbacks could lead to surgery. So they're definitely going to be very deliberate in how he continues to build up. But, um, you know, from, from how he's been trending and, and continuing his throwing program, you know, it seems like late April, early May is, is the best guess of it right now. A lot can happen, Megan, between now and then. Um, you, you don't know how these other guys in the rotation are going to perform, but if he does come back, whether it's late April, early May, is it pretty much automatic who gets displaced from the rotation, or will that be based purely on performance up until that point? I mean, I think you have to take somewhat in to account performance. I mean, I, I don't, obviously you have, you know, Strowman, um, Tyone and, and Steele. Like, I don't, I don't see anything happening that would cause those right. two guys um, to get booted, but you know, who knows, you know, Drew Smiley has bullpen experience, um, you know, with Wes Meski. I don't think you'd want to put him in the bullpen, you know, given the value someone like him has as a starter. So who knows, you know, then if, if, it, if the ripple effect is him getting sent to Iowa, um, I think from the, from the Cubs' perspective, that's a good problem to have when you look at last year and, and when they did face injuries early in the year, you know, May, June, like they just did not have the starting pitching depth and that really that really crushed them early in the year. So, you know, I, I think they would be very happy to have tough decisions to make um, once uh, Hendricks is ready to, to return. Megan Montemurro covers the Cubs for the Tribune with us here on Hit and Run this morning on the score. Javier Assad has also been really impressive. Uh, I know the Cubs have been paying close attention to him. Does he make this team in the rotation, or not the rotation, but the bullpen? Uh, it's definitely in play. I mean, you know, I think when you look at what he's done um, and the fact that in April, you know, your starters aren't going to be fully built up. They're still going to be you know, trying to, to build onto their pitch counts and and, uh, and, and and innings. And, you know, there is kind of a question mark right now, too. When you look at Keegan Thompson, you know, his fastball has been sitting low 90s. Uh, he hasn't pitched a multi-inning outing yet. Um, so, you know, if, if he's not going to be a guy that you can 
rely on for multi-innings down there, that, that kind of leaves, you know, Al's why, um, and, and they really value having a, a guy that is of that Keegan Thompson mold. So, I mean, I could definitely see Javier Assad having a role in the bullpen if that's the direction they opt to go. Um, again, it'll be another really interesting decision they have of, you know, what, what do they value right now? Is it having him continuing to pitch, you know, in, in a starter's workload, you know, at AAA or given what he's shown and, you know, having a, a fastball that's sitting like 94 to 96 and topping out at 97 um, and doing what he's done against some of those WBC lineups. I mean, that's a very valuable guy to have in the bullpen too. So, you know, Again, they've, they've cautioned that it's still a little too early for them to really delve into decision-making because, you know, you just never know with injuries. You don't want to commit to one path. But it's certainly in, in play that, that Javier Assad could open the year in the bullpen. Uh, moving on to the lineup, and there is, you know, now we're in our second year of the DH being available and, and utilized here. I think there are a lot of questions as far as the, the outfield is concerned and how playing time shakes shakes out here. How do you think they'll end up playing it? I know the Talkman's been really impressive to them and, and looks like he's going to make the team here out of camp. How do you think they utilize him and, and you know, how much shifting around will we see? Because that's been pretty standard in the DH era where you see guys playing all over the field. Yeah, I mean, it certainly helps that, you know, left field and center field are locked in with Ian Happ and Cody Bellinger. Um, but yeah, that, that right field and, and really third base are those two kind of rotating spots they have, you know, right field, Talkman, you know, Patrick Wisdom, Trey Mancini, you know, those guys, I think you'll definitely see get a run out there for as long as Suzuki's out. Um, and then kind of conversely, you know, it'll be the same kind of thing at third base, you know, it'll be Madrigal, Edwin Rios, um, Wisdom. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways that the Cubs can try and optimize their lineup given the starter and, and matchup and, you know, hitter profiles. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they balance that and, and, you know, how much, how much run does a guy like Mancini get in right field versus, you know, DH or first base. So I definitely think, you know, you're going to see those spots rotated pre- pretty regularly. Um, you know, Talkman has, has certainly, looks pretty impressive at the plate. You know, he's been hitting as left-handed hitter. He's been hitting lefties well this spring. Um, he's valuable in that he can play all three outfield spots. So, you know, he's going to be uh, the backup for Bellinger on, on days that, you know, he gets his, his day off. Um, but yeah, they, they certainly are going to have options at multiple positions, you know, especially, you know, right field. As camp goes on, is it less likely that a contract extension with Ian Happ works out? I mean, I, I think it was less likely to happen, you know, once free agency went down like it did and, and you saw some of those contracts being handed out. And then and then once you saw some of, you know, the contract extensions with other teams, you know, like a Rafael Devers, um, you know, because very quickly you can make the argument that half is going to be the second best hitter in, available in free agency in the offseason. And so once you kind of get to that point, you know, I, I think it makes sense for the player to want to pursue that path and obviously if you if you take that route that doesn't mean that you know you can't come back to your team but I mean I, I think it's kind of at the point where it, it's probably in, in any player's best interest to, to go to free agency and um, you know really I think that window 
to find maybe common ground probably expired, you know, in November um, before that, that free agent window um, really opened up. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I would be surprised if, if something happened at this point, because, you know, as you know, the, the clock is ticking down, um, you know, the front office has made pretty clear that they, they don't want something like this to drag into the regular season from a player perspective too. I mean, you just want to be able to focus on what you need to do um, to best help the team. So, you know, it's certainly crunch time if, if both sides are serious about finding a deal before opening day. I'm wondering if they feel more comfortable now with letting him walk when this contract is up, just based on on the younger talent they have. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it helps, you know, them if you look at, especially, you know, in the outfield and, and what they've seen um, coming up. I mean, I still think, you know, I think a lot of teams will say, like, prospects are, are prospects until they prove they can do it in the majors. So, Um, There is obviously some inherent risk there that you would be losing a guy who, you know, right now he's coming off his best all around year. He's looked good in spring. Um, And so you, you, you know what you have in a guy like him. Um, So it it certainly helps and maybe makes it a little easier to digest if you do lose some, someone like half, but um, I don't, I don't think it's something that they, they are necessarily looking forward to because, you know, that's that's a lot of production you're going to have to re- replace again, kind of like they're facing after, you know, Contreras left. Um, you know, somebody has to, or a collective, somebody has to make up for, for that offensive production. Megan, appreciate your time. Thank you for the information today, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. That is Megan Montemoro, Cubs beat writer for the Chicago Tribune, again, she is on Twitter, at M underscore Montemuro. You are going to want to follow her. Now, I talked about the World Baseball Classic to open the show. What an exciting night last night. Woo! My word. Um, I would like to hear from you. And, and I want to know if you have had any sort of change of heart as it pertains to the WBC, if you've always been into it, if you felt like it was just kind of in the way, um, or are you thinking now that this is an amazing event and your mind has been changed? That's where I am. (laughs) My, My mind has been changed because obviously those players, everybody involved in the World Baseball Classic cares about what's going on on the field. How do you feel about it? 312-644-6767. I'm Chris Ranji with you on Hit and Run on the Score. We're back with more Hit and Run with host Chris Ranji on the Score. The 0-2 to Turner, and he throws this one. Deep left field. Trey Turner. Grand slam home run on an 0-2 pitch. The United States takes a 9-7 lead. Listen to that. I'm not just talking about Ray. Talking about the Grand Slam. Put the United States back on top in the game last night. They beat Venezuela. They will move on to play Cuba in the semifinal. Wow. So the World Baseball Classic is ongoing. And as I've told you, 
already today, I think I'm I'm converted. I, I think I'm converted into enjoying it. And it's not the grand slam. It's it's not the fact they had an exciting win. It's the fact the players are very obviously into it. And I don't know that I can argue with it. You know, I I I don't prefer the idea of players for the teams that I care about, the Major League Baseball teams, um, not being with their team getting ready for the regular season. I, I, Again, I just something sits wrong with me as it pertains to that. But I don't think there's ever really a good time to play the World Baseball Classic if you look at it from that perspective, which is how I'm looking at it. It was awesome last night. That was one of the great baseball games that we're probably going to see all season long. And it's wonderful. It was it was such a tremendous event. But within that game, there was also this. The 1-2. Altuve hits the dirt. After he was hit by the pitch. Venezuela has loaded the bases. Not what you want to see. Just not knowing where the ball's going right now for Daniel Bard. And they're checking to see if the reliever is going to be ready. Altuve heads into the dugout. Fastball just gets away from him and he catches him right on the hand in really two different places. Just hate to see it. Guys, more on Jose Altuve. The initial concern is that he has a broken right thumb. This is not confirmed. The Astros will provide more information tomorrow. But again, that is the initial concern, broken right thumb. That's the broadcast on Fox yesterday. And that's the problem with the World Baseball Classic, if there is one. And I know you're in your car thinking, well, that could happen in a spring game. And you're right, it can. And spring training games with a bunch of players with numbers in the high 90s on the backs of their jerseys, you're not going to be immune from seeing um, a, a lack of control with pitches. And Daniel Bard last night, you know, you heard John Smoltz say it right there. He couldn't find the zone. He really didn't know where the ball was going. And I'm a little surprised he was out there as long as he was. That is the other side of the World Baseball Classic. And yeah, that could have happened in a spring game. As I mentioned, it could have happened at any time. But for whatever reason, it just feels like it didn't need to happen. And set aside anything you think of Jose Altuve and the Houston Astros, and I fully understand not liking him after all of the cheating stuff happened, even though he may personally have not utilized any of the uh, the cheating methods. Still, I, I think the way he presented himself after the fact... Uh, he lost a lot of fan support. Maybe not in Houston. He just lost it across the board. But he is one of the nicest players in baseball, according to anybody who's ever met him. But set aside whatever you think of Jose Altuve. That is the last thing you want to have happen. And it will be very difficult for people, if you're an Astros fan in particular, to look at that and say, that's why I don't like this event. That's why I don't like Edwin Diaz celebrating and tearing up his knee and potentially done for the rest of the year, though he's telling people he's going to be try to try to be back before the year is over 
I, I think that's really optimistic for the Mets. I don't think it's going to go down that way. But these are two premier players who are going to miss at least a little bit of time. And a broken thumb can be a month. It could be six weeks. You know, maybe it's up to a couple of months that Altuve is missing. But there's just something about it being real, actual competition that seems to increase the level of risk of there being some kind of silly injury that happens. Yeah, again, I get it. That could happen during a spring training game. It could absolutely happen during Cactus League or Grapefruit League. I get it. Totally get it. But when these dudes are really trying to do really, really well because they want to win for their countries, um, I, I do think that they might put themselves in position to get hurt, even if it's just an incrementally uh, small amount. They're increasing their odds of being injured. That said, I still think I am on board with this event more than I was in the past. And the reason for it is, is the players are into it. And I mean all of the players are into it. In Joliet, John is with us on the score. Good morning, John. Good morning, Chris. You know, I, I am a world baseball classic junkie. I mean, I even watched both games over again this morning uh, with Mexico and Puerto Rico. And let me just say this. The way that baseball is celebrated in different countries is truly amazing. And to watch fans from all over the world next to each other enjoying baseball, it is beautiful to me. And just expressing themselves in their beautiful ways are, you know, just John, I, I, John, you we're having we're having a little trouble with your uh, with your cell phone, but I, I I get the the gist of what you're saying here, and that is it's very difficult to not get on board with an event when you watch people in other countries, not just the players, but you are watching people get into the event in such a massive way. It's, it's very difficult to not also get into it, too, because that feeling is infectious. You know, when you see people, fans in other countries, losing their minds over this game, and you see the players doing the same thing, even the American players on the field last night, it's really tough not to get caught up in that and, and think that, again, for me, I was very self-centric in the way I looked at this event for... You know, the, the however many years it's been, I think this is the fifth World Baseball Classic. I, all I ever cared about was, well, you know, are the Sox going to be ready for the season? Or, or are the Cubs going to be ready for the season? Like, that's all I really would think about. It wasn't, it was almost like I wanted the, the, the tournament to be over. Like, okay, just get this tournament over. Let's get everybody back into camp and let's get ready for the regular season. That's kind of how I looked at it. And, and you know what? I saw it the same way when it came to the Olympics and ice hockey. How they would break in the middle of the season, they'd get two weeks off, and then some of the players would go play for the Olympics. And, and I realize that's a little bit different um, than the World Baseball Classic because it's more established. But I'm sorry, that's how I felt. I just, I, I just wanted my players to be available for my team. And that's all I cared about. But it's very, very difficult to not get caught up in this, knowing how much all 
the players care about it. All of them who are involved care about it. Mike in Merrillville, Indiana with us. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing there, Chris? I'm good. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to talk about the Cubs. I don't see the Cubs going any further than second or third place. Um and I mean, even if they were to take the division, what what good is it? Because they're not going to beat the Dodgers. They're not going to beat San Diego, you know, or all the teams in the East. You know, they haven't uh, really brought on anybody. I mean, they talk about that one guy they got from Atlanta, but that's not going to do it by itself. No, Dansby Swanson is, and you hear this cliche a lot. He's a really nice piece on a championship team but he's not going to be a focal point of your offense or anything. And that's that's true. Um, I'm inclined to agree with you, but I, as far as winning the division, I don't think they're going to. I still think that St. Louis has the upper hand there in, in terms of winning the division. But for anybody, any of the teams in the National League Central, I don't know if I feel very confident in them in the playoffs at all. I, I think they can get in. I think the Cubs, potentially, if everything goes right for them, they could find their way in the playoffs. But even if it's the Cardinals who are in the playoffs, I mean, they they do not match up with some of the best teams in the National League. They just don't. They don't match up with the Padres. They don't match up with the National League West. You know, you're right about that. It would be very difficult. A lot of things can happen between now and playoff time, but I would not pick any... National League Central team to be the favorite to win the pennant this year. And I don't think that's really going on a limb saying that. I just, I, I think it's just reality. But again, who knows? It's baseball. Weird stuff does happen. I appreciate the phone call. Uh, in the next hour, we're going to be visiting with, um, uh, well, Eric Hosmer is going to join us later in the show. But Lamond Pope will talk some White Sox with us in the next hour. Kylie McDaniel will get some prospect talk with him. He is an ESPN Baseball Insider. Uh, we will also be visiting with an old friend, Mike Farron from MLB Network. He is going to join us. We'll talk about the classic, and I, I want to talk about one of my favorite people with him uh, whenever we get the opportunity, and we'll do that uh, before the show comes to an end today. 312-644-6767. You're listening to Hit and Run on the Score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified 
empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.